This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen, Make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the Stretch and Flex smoothie and tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Welcome to Is This Real Life? a podcast that relates the quirkiest aspects of pop culture and reality TV to our own lives. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone, and Happy New Year. I hope you all had a wonderful holiday and New Year's and are back and ready to dive into Bravo because we have so many exciting things coming up, including this coming week, Vanderpump Rules is back for season eight. I never thought it would go on this long, but the longer it goes on, the more I can actually imagine myself watching them as they age And I know there have been calls, including a recent BuzzFeed article that called to end Vanderpump Rules after season seven, uh, but I'm just not ready to give it up. I'm not. I love it. It's my favorite Bravo show. And after the dumpster fire that Dallas has become, I think we all need new and exciting things to look forward to. Just a reminder that I am on social media at ITRL underscore podcast, um, both on Twitter and Instagram. And on Twitter, I'm primarily just at Mandy Slutsker. I'd love to hear from all of you. I realized I got a couple messages through Facebook that I had not noticed. So really apologize for that. Um, I'm not very good at following up with Facebook as much as I am for Twitter and Instagram. So hope all of you enjoy this week's episode. Um, Monty Marcus and I from the Mixing with Monty podcast get really into a lot of different things, kind of going in detail about the OC reunion, then reviewing 2019 and all of our favorite Bravo moments, including Foftygate. Uh, And at about half an hour into the podcast, we finally start recapping Atlanta and then New Jersey and Dallas. So stay with me. It's a wild ride. We have a really good time. And you should all be sure to listen to Monty's podcast, Mixing with Monty. Okay, let's dive in. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 78, the first of 2020. And there's no one I'd be more excited to introduce you to as my guest than Monty Marcus from the Mixing with Monty 
podcast. Hey, girl. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I'm honored to open the curtains of 2020 with you. Yes, there is so much exciting stuff happening with Bravo, but I want to start by looking at the last few weeks that I missed, and you just had an incredible episode of your podcast where you really dove into the OC reunion, and I just wanted to get a few of your thoughts on kind of how it went. Yeah, please. I'm really excited about it. It was my first episode back from um, break over the holidays where, you know, people listen so sporadically depending on what they're avoiding in their own homes mm-hmm. with family, which I get. <laughs> so I wanted to do some, a couple of bonus episodes. So I haven't reviewed a show in easily a month. Um, I had an interview with Deandra that I put up as a bonus. And then I did a 2019 countdown of like all the shows that Bravo put out over the year and what worked, what didn't work and what we have to see for 2020. So this was my first episode of being able to get deep into the shows again that are currently on. And I did it with my girl Raven from Unfriendly Black Hottie on Instagram and Twitter. It was ex- ex- exceptionally thick. It was literally literally two hours because we spent 40 of it talking about OC because there's so much to talk about from scheduling and why the hell they put it out in such a weird way and what was going on with Vicky and how a friend of ended up being on all three parts in some capacity is really mind boggling to me, but she still complained about all of it. It was, it was a lot. It was definitely something I think was a little too Vicky centric um, for a friend of, but I can understand why they wanted us to see how maybe awful she was being behind the scenes. I I love that. I loved that thing that they did where she was telling Andy about himself and was like, don't forget where you came from. And like, uh, um, she was so pissed off. They kept her in the back and they showed us that. And then they showed them counting them down back to film. And Andy was like, all right. She was like, hi, Andy, how are you? I was like, Ooh, shade. She is playing for the cameras. How sweet she was. She was pissed. And they let us see the whole background of it. But don't they know by now that the way that the reunions have been filmed is where they do show the behind the scenes? So maybe it's because they haven't been doing that forever. A lot of times people think that certain things are going to get cut out. Like, I want to say we just started seeing them like break for lunch maybe two or three years ago. That because I've been watching earlier seasons of like Atlanta, Miami, um, in Jersey, and that was not always the case. Mm-hmm. And I think, especially if they've been around long enough, I think they think they know what's going to make TV. But Bravo has gone to a VH1 kind of place, mm-hmm. and they like to get us down and dirty with the things going on behind the scenes. And they, they really want to expose it all. Like, I think that's their new tact is because. Andy even mentioned when someone called in on Watch What Happens Live about Leanne, like why they even showed her saying all these things that they knew were going to be offensive. And Andy was firm in his belief of we just show what happens. Like we're just going to show you what happens so you can formulate a full opinion. And I'm like, I get that. So I don't think Vicky knew that we were going to be formulating a full opinion about her. I know. I had that opinion, though, prior. I mean, she's known for being a monster. A she's monster. not a good woman. She thinks that she is, you know, 
better than everyone. She's the most hypocritical. I couldn't get over the hypocrisy of her talking to Bronwyn about not kissing on camera and just kind of when she said pick a lane, Bronwyn. That hurt my heart. Like not to be sensitive, not to sound snowflakey and millennial, millennial and all of that mess. But like that really broke my heart because I'm like, that is a trigger for so many people. There were two times this entire year that I was just like, Bravo should have at least exercised some tact and showed us like a trigger warning. And I'm very, very hesitant to use things like trigger warnings, but like that, I don't want to know that these housewives are that bigoted. Like, especially if she has the the audacity to say it in front of Andy. She's also said it a couple of times this season when she was like, Tamara, she, I know girls kiss girls, but Tamara's not a lesbian. So why is she kissing girls? Because she was so out of touch with it. So for her to then tell Bronwyn to pick a lane because she has a husband. So she, what, shouldn't like women. It just, to say that in front of Andy also is like, okay, so you're really bold or stupid. Maybe both. Maybe definitely both. Definitely bold and stupid because the, and I wish, and I hope I don't know if it's ever going to happen, but if these housewives could go through some sort of like oppression training to understand just different things and different cultures, different religions, different sexuality. Oh my gosh. You know, because the idea, I mean, being bisexual is very open. Much a thing. It's a thing. People know it. So to say you have to pick a lane, you either Bisexual, like women. There's a whole B. There's a whole group of people <laughs> that like exist, Vicky, and they are in a lane. They picked their lane, and it's that one. Like, it, there's a such thing as also loving who you love. There's a pansexual option. There is a bicurious option. There's a fluid option. And Bronwyn, honestly, it's like, I'm not even that offended because I know Vicky was literally just projecting the anger of Bronwyn is everything that she embodies. And on my show, I do a lot of like psychoanalysis, even though I have no background in psychology. I mean, I have a little, but I have no degree. So I'm just like looking at it from a perspective of we have to understand these people are characters and what they're operating in as human beings is something beyond what we give them credit for. We just think that they're just mean people, but there's always something happening there with Vicky. I fully believe that as much as she tells us she loves her business and she's a businesswoman and get a job and all that stuff, I think she wants to be taken care of. I think Vicky has always wanted to be an actual housewife where a man takes care of her. He fills her love tank. She can kind of be a little bit more submissive. It, it mainly her, it could be generational, but at least that's just her personality. And I think it was the reason she hated Megan King Edmonds. And it's the reason that she doesn't like Bronwyn. She does not like to see women beautiful prettier than her, younger, successful, but not on their own. And having a man love them and be with them and support them really stresses her out. And I think she was offended that Bronwyn would even have to look outside of her marriage. But sweetie, Bronwyn has been married 20 plus years. She does what makes it work. And it's working for her because she's still married. And Vicky, you are not. And I just wonder, what about Tamara then? Because Tamara's more, you know, like attractive than her conventionally. You know, she's got a man that loves her. She, I don't know, is it because she saw Tamara through the Simon days? I think she, because she's seen Tamara be rock bottom trash and Vicky is kind of like one of those OGs that they think that because they did something for you, like they helped you through those things. As long as they've seen you at your worst, they're happy. Because that's the kind of, 
awful kind of friend that Vicky is. Like, she just is glad that she got this. Tamara struggled. She was from a trailer park. She had a son really early. She had no one. Then she had a husband, and the husband was terrible, and we saw it on TV. So we got to judge that, too. We got to see her low, too. So I think because she's also been through divorce, she's on the same lane as Vicky because Vicky can't stand someone loving you the entire time because I think she really wishes she could have made it work with Don. That's my opinion. But I think she wishes she could have made it work with Don. And now Don doesn't have she still talks about him. She's open about three or four men later. Yeah, she's open about how she wishes things worked out with Don. But for her to call someone out for cheating, she cheated on him and she's like I know that was wrong so if you know what you did was wrong then you don't get to call someone else out for doing something like that although Bronwyn's not cheating because her and her husband have decided what their marriage is they've defined it which by the way two people who are married can do they literally can write the rules on it whatever they want and I think she's upset that Bronwyn said on the after show that she cheated on her husband years ago or no, no, not cheated that they had an, um, they were separated and mm-hmm. that she found someone or she did the, the, she stepped out of the marriage. And so I think Vicky's upset because Bronwyn made it work. She got her man back. She kept her family and Vicky didn't get to do that. Yep. So a lot of it is projecting. Bronwyn is gorgeous. She has more babies. She looks amazing. And She's happy. And Vicky does not like happy on anybody. <laughs> and Bronwyn is probably one of the only housewives on the OC that is outspokenly liberal. And we all know how Vicky feels about oh, politics. Yeah. And I think she genuinely has I mean, I think trouble. we know how the OC feels. <laughs> yes. I'm, it's kind of shocking. But, like, I'm glad that they have that little bit of um of mixing it up because you know I've always said if you squint too hard at these housewives you may not like them anymore mm-hmm. so I try not to <laughs> right but it's so funny because this past week Kelly Dodd posted on Instagram a photo of her and her fiance Rick Leventhal who is a Fox News reporter at the wedding of Jesse Waters who is a mm-hmm. Fox News personality and Don Jr. and I think Eric Trump, both of them and their wives were in the photo uh, or not their wives, I guess his girlfriend, Kim, whatever her last name is, also of Fox News. And so people just kind of revolted in the comments section of her Instagram. And she doesn't seem to get that like she's very shocked that people have one political opinions and two (laughs) that they would judge her for being in a photo with said you know those kind of people and no one seems to have like been negative towards her relationship with Rick uh which I'm kind of shocked at because I'm just like I don't know where people thought that the large leap was from Rick to this Right. I'm not assuming anything about Rick. I mean, as much as you can assume about a Fox News reporter. So, um, and that's no shade. It's just that if you know what Fox is and you know what he reports, if you've ever watched the man, you and you know how they sympathize with the president, even though the president constantly berates Fox. It's so weird. It's a very weird relationship that they like have with abusive. him. It's, it's, yeah, it's not That's right, very... but, you know, they sympathize <laughs> with him and, you know, they're apologists for him. And so I was like, this isn't that much of a leap where I got off is, and I think I reported it in my stories of like, Kelly wants you to know she's not political. 
Because, There's no person really... that's not political. By being not political, you're being political. You're choosing to ignore what's happening around you and who that affects. So it's, in psychology, they talk about how bystander syndrome is actually worse. Yes. Because you know what's happening and you literally are saying, because this does not affect me, I don't need to pick a side of right or wrong. Pick and a lane, <laughs> Kelly. Pick a lane. Kind of, exactly. <laughs> I think that's kind of the problem, though, is that like, it, and I, I am so hesitant to use this word all the time, but this is kind of like textbook privilege of like, she's wealthy white woman who doesn't need to know what's going on in the world. She truly doesn't have to because it does not, she does not believe it's going to affect her. So she has the choice of not being political because it doesn't matter for her. She'll be fine. Even though that's yeah. like also fundamentally not true because there's a little thing called taxes. So <laughs> there's, there's lots of reasons why that's not the case, but I can understand her belief that if she doesn't have to pick a lane, no one can get mad at her, but that's not how this works. And I think we're, I got off as her saying she wasn't political, but also calling the, the guest list extremely impressive with some caps in there, like some actual capitalization. And I was like, A, who goes to a party and says the guest list was impressive? That's so social climbing and very like outside looking in. If you're a part of that world, you're a part of that world. And if you're with that man, you likely are a part of that world. So I'm just like, who says with an impressive guest list and then says, I'm not political, but like is in, in a picture with the people that she is calling impressive. It's just, it's just interesting. Also, where the wedding was was in Naples, Florida, which is where uh, my family has a home, and I was there like not a couple days before this wedding, so that was kind of interesting because I always forget that mm. it is sort of a conservative stronghold, and that a lot of people have houses down there, and I think a lot of Fox yeah, News Florida's folks tricky. Do. And it's, Florida's it's, a tricky one, and it's the southwest coast of Florida. But mm. the whole thing was just interesting. I did make a comment, I think, on Kelly's. I don't know if it was her Instagram or Twitter where she's just like, people are so mean. I don't under, I'll never understand. And I was like, you know what? You don't, for me, people are angry. These two individuals are part of the administration, even though they're not official. And this administration has, you know, put children, taken them from their parents, and put them in unsanitary conditions in cages where they don't have enough diapers or clean drinking water. So could you understand how people might be angry or frustrated about the fact that that's happening and that that's happening at the hands of this administration? Do you get it, Kelly? I mean, honestly, again, it's why I think no self-respecting person who even is a Trump supporter will tell you that they think that is right. They'll be like, well, yes, that's wrong. A lot of what I've gathered from the people, because I'm moving to Atlanta in a couple of weeks and where I'm going, there's a large population of school of students who are all different backgrounds because Georgia itself is backwards. Like Atlanta is a totally different world than the rest of Georgia. But largely what I hear the consensus of is that they try to overlook so many things because of the things that they think are helping them, which it's not, but they think it is. So that's why I say the bystander effect is even worse because at least people are like, okay, yeah, maybe that's not good, but what he did for me is this. And I'm like, okay, yes, that's selfish and awful, but I can understand the selfishness on it. But to say that you just 
don't even have to think about it because it doesn't affect you. That's, I mean, I'm not a, a, an immigrant. I'm not a refugee seeking asylum. I'm not in a cage and I have major nightmares about it because it's just not right. Like it's something that you can still think about even if it doesn't affect you. That's what makes you a good yeah. citizen. You're concerned about things that have nothing to do with you. <laughs> well, let's look back at 2019. Do you have any kind of top Bravo moments or events that stand out for you? Well, for sure, Foftygate takes the cake for me oh because that is what Fofty. launched yes. my podcast was because I have told the story before and I was, I am um, a person of color. I am a black woman who does podcasting. I was looking on Bravo uh, or TV and film like podcast one day. And I legitimately only saw one other black person on there. One that was not recent. And the black woman I saw was Rachel Lindsay, who was not talking about Bravo, but she's also was an entire bachelorette. So it's like, I was like, how do I get information that doesn't sound the same like no shade but like how does it how do I get a different perspective of what's happening because I like I like all Bravo shows like most reality television not just black ones not just white ones anything I like all the the girls who are going to give me trash and I was looking at the shade room which is a very popular um black uh black ran but largely urban like gossip instagram account slash website and they were talking about how 50 cent got into an argument with his one of his like co-colleagues or one of his executive producers and of, of power over his fiance and then i was going over to the bravo world and they were just talking about how lala came after 50 cent people were like wait what that's so random so neither side was reporting it correctly and i was like i know the answer randall is a producer on 50 cents 50 cents most popular show ever to date power power is a staple in so many black homes all the mamas over a certain age watch power religiously my mama orders stars just for power and is that's so amazing. excited for the next season. And it's like a huge, huge deal for most of us. And we have power watch parties like over in, um, cause I live in the DC area. So we go to like over at Howard, um, at Ben's next door, which oh, is yeah. right next I to, live Ben's, next to Ben's next door. Yay. <laughs> so they have power watch parties. They've done it for scandal. They've done it for power. They'll do watch parties for the year, um, for the yeah. premieres and the finales. And it's like a big deal that we all go to. And so like, this is not just his colleague. This is, a woman who was literally on television, like this is a big deal. This is a big moment for both worlds colliding. And I was like, this is me, this is my lane. I'm gonna mix it up. So I was incredibly excited about the return of Fofty Gay, how Lala literally just did it so that she could promote her movie with, um, that Randall like mysteriously gave her a part in. Um, I was interested in how they got a spinoff after power, even after all of that. So Randall is still working with 50. Like it's not it's over crazy. yet. They're doing a spinoff. No, I know they're, they're still colleagues, but it's not the same. Cause he asked 50 cent to be in his wedding. And 50 cent said hard no to Andy. Um, <laughs> Are you mean to Randall? Um, no, 50 cent was on watch it happens live. Oh, and Andy asked him yeah. if he was going to be in it. And he was like, I'm not going to do yeah. that. I'm going to remember that. That was I a love good time. when he's on Watch What Happens Live. I love it, he's too. So he is so shady. He's like, he so gives it to us. Shady. He is the shadiest He guy. holds a grudge like none other. Like an Italian woman in Jersey. 
<laughs> he holds a Teresa style grudge. Like he'll never forget. He's been beefing with Ja Rule for like the last two decades. It's hilarious. And that um, also gave me a second great moment of 2019, which I, this is going to be so controversial. So I'm already sorry for the responses you're going to get. But Don't Titus on Watch What yes. Happens Live was when I saw that, I like lost my breath. I'm sorry. I loved it. And I think people don't get why Titus was so shady. So I get why they think that he was just being rude out of nowhere. But well, wasn't it when, because Andy asked him about working with, with Eddie, Eddie Murphy. Murphy. And Eddie yes. Murphy had historically made homophobic comments. And apparently, yes. like, you know, Andy's background when he was kind of coming out back in the day as a young gay man, Eddie Murphy's comments really stayed with him and hurt him. And so, you know, Titus, as a person of color, as a you know, LGBTQ person, he was kind of asking him almost to respond to Eddie Murphy's comments from decades ago, you know, before Titus may have even been born. (laughs) And Titus was, and, and this is something that I've had to do often as a member of so many different kinds of minority communities and groups. You kind of sometimes have to pick the one you're going to uphold. It's not fair and it's unfortunate, but it has to happen sometimes. And I think Titus in that moment was like, I'm not going to take this opportunity to disparage another black man's name, not one that just gave me a job and not one that is a legend because the community of black people that are going to come after me is going to be greater than the community of housewife lovers who are watching this show that are going to come after me after this. Also, what you're thinking I am is this queen uh, like from Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt that is so messy and shady boots like you. But he was like, I play, he said, I got four Emmys because of, I, I'm a good actor, not because that's who I am. I didn't get it from playing myself. And he was like, I'm not doing this messy thing with you. I am not a housewife. Like I am not Nene. Do not ask me to come start coming for somebody else. And I, I got that because I do love Andy. Everyone does. We worship the man, but he is notorious for trying to get people to be messy for no reason. Cause it's a clickbait. Like it's to get people, it's to make the show go viral because the next morning it'll be on CNN. Andy Cohen last night asked this person and this person said this on watch it happens live. Like it becomes a thing. So I, I get it, but like, I mean, I can get why he wasn't, that wasn't what he thought he was there to do. And we've seen that with so many other large actors and actresses that come on Andy's show who are like Emmy this and Oscar that. They're just like, I'm just going to talk about my show. Not to mention they get to plead the fifth and it's no one else that ever gets to do that. So I think it just got messy because Titus is like also a member of the LGBTQ community. People think that he is some way that he might not really be. So they didn't think he was going to pass up the opportunity to be messy and just strictly stick to promoting the, his movie. But that's what he did. And I liked it. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I found it funny. But some of me wonders, and not for Titus, that's not a good example, but other sort of the highbrow actor types that get frustrated being on the show, don't you know what that show is? Like, yeah, haven't I don't your think watch. I don't publicist get it. <laughs> told you, like, don't be an idiot and go on a show that is going to ask you shady questions and things that are uncomfortable for you, then just don't go on. You know, if you can't hang, then just don't do it. You know, it's annoying for the rest of us. Don't make us feel like we are like less than you just because we enjoy this drama. Exactly. And I'm not going to lie. Most of them probably do, too, because I've seen a number of highbrow actresses and actors say they absolutely love Bravo. 
Jennifer yeah. Lawrence stands a New York housewife. Are you oh kidding me? Oh my God, me? she's so funny. She's and so funny. I will say my other top 10 moments of 2019, and I will promise I will keep this brief, is the closet in Atlanta when Eva um, went, or Candy and who else? Portia went into yeah. Nini's closet. And then she we have the cameraman's shirt. That was amazing. And then Shep being accused by Madison of having chlamydia and giving it to Danny. That was fantastic. I became a Madison <laughs> fan. Love Danny, but that was just great. I it mean, was so frustrating to me, though, how they talked about chlamydia as if it was some sort of, you know, scarlet a woman, a letter. Woman, like, literally the reunion, a single woman in the South. And in their having 30s. Chlamydia. And oh, I was please. like, girl, please, you can take an antibiotic. You're fine. Like, it is not the end of the world. Y'all need to go back and take another sex health class in school or something. And then we also got Bethany's meltdown with Luann. That was, I think, my one of my top five. That was insatiable. Like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You're a sicko. You're a sicko. <laughs> I was, it was just so like, good. she's not wrong. I mean, I hate the fact. And then they like literally came down. At, like five minutes later, everyone was calm. Everyone's eating the, the cotton candy or the Pop-Tarts, whatever niche, you know, treat came out with that dinner in Miami. I was like, wow, this is, this group of women is cut above the rest. I mean, honest to God. And For me, the top, one of my top things was just the breakout season of, um, Potomac because I have gotten into it and I feel like other people are starting to pay attention and I really appreciate making Um, my heart sing I love Potomac I love that it is in the area where I live it is fun to watch a show where you know where they're filming just stop and google sometimes like I do that well I'm just like I'm going to this place I know Claudia's that is a weird steakhouse right at like 15th and uh K in between K and L on 15th street no one really goes there because it's you know especially on the weekends because it's a place for people while they're working to like go to a nice lunch right on the weekends, I'm sure it doesn't have a lot of business, so it's probably easy for them to close down the whole restaurant for filming. I heard Lias or something, mm-hmm. L-I-A, and I um, have gone to one. It's called Barking Mad Cafe. It is far from where people think that this is all being filmed. Because I've said a lot of times on my show, there is nothing in Potomac, so they have to film it everywhere else. And even if there was something in Potomac, they don't want you filming there. I used to work at a very very popular restaurant in Potomac and they tried to film there and we just didn't have the space or the able or the ability to like shut down that many spaces for them on any given day because that's just how it is if something is good in Potomac people stay going so it's never quiet enough so they literally have to film all over the creation and I of- just it's just fun to watch like these like women and I normally don't like housewives who are younger uh, I don't want to mm. see people my age as much but I do love Monique um, love her despite Absolutely being closer her. in age to her she's fascinating I love you know her she's husband. the nicest woman I've ever met really like authentically nice. nice when no one's listening watching seeing the cameras were down cameras had left producers had left like she was just nice like 
And I met Ashley the same day. And Ashley was also nice. She was not mean. She was nice. We had a connection. We know some people in common, which I've always known because we went to the same school. But that was cool making that connection. And we had a good time. And we took pictures. And we chit-chatted. But Monique was, like, nice. Like, a sweet woman. She thanked me for coming in my ear. She was saying nice things to me. No one was around. So she didn't have to do any of this. Right. And she bought everyone drinks at the place. Like, she's a sweet woman. And I love her. I think I literally love her. She might be my favorite housewife. And I've always watched really? the housewives objectively. I've okay. always watched objectively. I do not have favorites or least favorites except for Vicky Gumbleson and Tamara Barney. That's it. Yeah, I really just like Tamara's my least favorite. And I was yeah, that's the only one. But I don't usually hate anyone. That, that's it. Tamara's hard to like. Usually, I've noticed a pattern of who I like. People who laugh in their confessionals, like laugh at themselves. <laughs> I find Stephanie and Lisa Rinna. Hilarious. I find so funny because they crack themselves up. And I like watching them having a good time. Like, you make, this you make a really good point. Serious. Like, and I was wondering, why do I like them so much? And it's because they laugh when they're trying to they explain themselves. themselves. And they don't just, take themselves too seriously. It's them and a producer. It is not like, you know, there's a whole room of people in there. They're cracking themselves up. I love that. I love that. You're right. I've never thought about that. At least Lisa Rinna does it too. When you said it, I, it made me think of the people that I do like. And you're right. That is a good. And I'll say the only caveat to that is also, I love Nini because she and the producer are, are having their own conversation. That's true. Even but- though she's not necessarily cat cracking herself up, she will say things like, I can't tell you that, honey. You're going to get me in trouble. And I'm just like, I love watching her be like, this is my show. These are my people. And she doesn't have to remind us like Vicky does every five minutes. Like she literally just acts like she has seniority. Like she's just been here before. And she just seems like she's so tired with the producers, but she likes them. And I love that. I like when people treat our producers white. I don't know why. No, because they should be treated well. They're the ones that are making the show happen. And Portia is another one that sometimes laughs at herself. And I adore her. She is one of the funniest women. Again, younger, a younger housewife, but has managed to work her way into my heart. I like it. Speaking of that, let's get into this week's Atlanta, where they go to Carnival in Toronto, of all places. Of all places. Because I was sitting there like, this is one of those reasons where I'm like, I don't think that the women know who's full-time and who's friend of. Because I got a lot of questions of why is Tanya presenting the trip? I don't think she knew she was friend of. I don't think producers knew she was going to be a friend of until maybe they tested her. I've heard there's a lot of focus groups and stuff that go on. They test a lot of people. They read some social media, but not much. That's why everything we see on social media doesn't come to fruition on TV. Um, But I think that they didn't know because I'm like, why are we going to Toronto? The Caribbean is within reach. We could have gone. Everything's within reach. Dallas went to Thailand. And that's halfway around the world. Everything is within reach. um, What did Portia say? If I can't go with Rihanna to Barbados, I'm like, but you can. You can. I bet Rihanna would host it. Didn't they go to Africa? Like, didn't Cynthia take everyone to Africa? That was my favorite That's a way more expensive flight. That's literally like five, six thousand dollars. You could go to Trinidad. That was like season four. They went to South Africa, which is my absolute favorite place in the entire world. Hands down, nothing ever comes close. Yes. Um, And I'm a Jew who's been to Israel. So, like... (laughs) (laughs) Cape Town, South Africa is second to none. 
None. That's amazing. I want them to go back. I want, or if it's not them, then, um, because it was really special seeing Atlanta go to Africa. And a lot of them have, like, history, you know, family relationships, things like that, um, with the African continent in general. I love that. And that I found really special. I really appreciate when they take people or their families to their hometowns, which is why I got why Tanya did it. Because Peter took them on to Jamaica. I love that. On Mary to medicine um dr damon and dr heavenly they took everyone to dr damon's home country i do not remember what it was i'm so sorry but he got to visit his father's grave and stuff like that like i like things that have roots like on shots of sunset they went to they went to like two places and it was like really hard for a half of them to go they went to israel Yes. And like half of them couldn't go. And one was like, I don't want to go to the border. And I love seeing the realness of how they got here. I think it gives a lot of empathy for people who are also not from this country, what it means to them to come to this country, why they might even love this country more than we do sometimes because of what it means to them, like literal refuge. So I love seeing that. But like, maybe that's why we got Canada and Toronto, because I can't think of any other reason why we just wouldn't go to Trinidad. Right? I wish it was Trinidad. I really wish it was. But I love it. I've heard that Toronto's um, uh, Toronto's um, carnival is, is great, but I mean, it would be the same to me as like, I would, if I'm going to go to Pride, not the same caliber, of course, but if I was going to go to Pride, I would kind of want to go to San Francisco or New York. I mean, DC has one. It's lovely, but it's no New York. <laughs> It's funny, I was thinking about all these places I would love to see the housewives go, but as you and I have discussed, I feel like there needs to be some more oppression and sensitivity trainings prior, because I would love to see the housewives go to India or another place in South Asia. Um, Nepal would be amazing. But again, I just, I don't, I'm afraid of the commentary. Yeah. Didn't you know? they go to like, um, was it Madagascar? Gascar? No, no, it was someplace like- that New York went. <laughs> it didn't start with an M. Morocco. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh! Sorry to the Moroccans and the Madagascarans. <laughs> but they like, went Madagascar to um, Morocco, is like, is and Luann was having a fit in the car ride over. Although where they stayed and where it was, it was gorgeous. Yeah, but they were like freaking out. They were like, "Oh, I don't come here. This is not what I do. I do nice things." And what was it? Did you see on Twitter someone suggested like what if we took all the problematic housewives and put them on an island and they had to go through sensitivity training and like that, duke it yes. out. Yes. And like one of in order to come back to your show and get your contract back, you like had to pass a certain amount of like challenges <laughs> of like talking be. to certain people and minority groups without fucking it up. <laughs> I would love to watch that. I would watch it right now. I would be, I would pay for the season. Like I would buy it on demand. I don't even have to have it for free. I would buy that. I need to see a Vicky, a Leanne, a now Brandy. <laughs> um, uh, I would need to, to see later. a few people. Half of New York. <laughs> yes. All of Beverly Hills. Um, Erica Jane, because I know there are some secrets in that closet. Um, <laughs> all come <laughs> To this house, maybe in like a nice area of a city in America that is that needs the assistance and the understanding. Like what did Chelsea Handler do? She did like her, um, it was a show about white privilege, like Hello Privilege, It's Me Chelsea, Uh where she just went to certain towns and that is important. Like maybe the housewives just like 
go to a disenfranchised. Let bring them to Baltimore. Like come on over here and see that it is not all one way. See that they're different kinds of people. Learn something because when Luann was soup, uh, spooning them soups for you know her community service, I have never seen a woman more disconnected from public service than Luann in a soup kitchen. Oh man, well. This week on Atlanta, I really enjoyed watching Kenya kind of open up a bit more because last week when we saw that triple date with her and Mark and Cynthia and Candy and their significant Mm. others, it really, the fact that Mark was behaving the way he did on camera and kind of chastising her, speaking over her, interrupting her, correcting her, yelling at her. contradicting her. Like literally just not having her back. You know, he showed, I just kept thinking, well, if he's like this and he knows there are cameras, what's he like without cameras? He seems like a monster. And not that she is a walk in the park, (laughs) but my God, was he being such a jerk to her in front of her friends. That's embarrassing. But remember when Candy like came over that one day and Kenya literally had to like take a break and go off camera and like go into her room. And I don't think she knew the cameras were even watching or following her like that. And it started breaking down because she was like, he just says things. And this is a woman who got into a physical altercation with Portia, has been enemies with Nene for years. You're telling me that she can't handle people saying mean things to her. I'm telling you, this man has got to be a monster. Like, it has to be a monster to break her like that. Her own mother does not want her. She's seen her. She's she's very jaded. So she's not the easiest to break through and get the pain and like invoke pain to her. But this man has really broken her in a lot of ways. And Mike made a very good point. This is not rocket science, dude. Like, just have your wife's back, at least in public. Are you high? Like, he was like, I mean, no, she's not been rude to me either. But she got a problem with my wife. So I got a, with my girl. So I got a problem with her. Like, it's about having her back. It's not about liking the person more. Of course, Nini hasn't been rude to you, Mark. She has no beef with you. But she has a beef with your whole wife. Wife. You can't publicly go, well, she's never been mean to me, so you should just get over it. I don't understand that. I don't understand that at all. And I'm not saying that I'm a Kenya stan or a Nini stan. I like both of them actually kind of equally. Um, But it's not hard to just expect your partner to be on your side and then it comes out from candy that mark and todd went out clubbing after their date well i have a theory about todd so that's i'm not surprised well just the fact that mark didn't come home to be with his infant and wife when he doesn't live with them what the hell's wrong with you what is your read on todd Um, I don't like him at all. I actually think that he reminds me of a very um, annoying black trope that I've grown up with, especially with my grandparents who are of a different time and era and, and location of, you know, provide food, food and stomachs and roof overhead. And I'm a good parent. I don't need to provide emotional support. I don't have to be your friend. I don't have to have a lot of anything other than discipline, but just like spank you when I need to give you food and clothing. And I'm a good parent. And if I don't cheat on my wife, I'm a good husband. And if I do cheat on my wife, 
I'm a provider and I make good money. So we all got to put up with it. And I have many a grandparent and many an aunt who have abided by that rule and it's led, their, it's led them to nothing but misery in later years in life and constant loyalty where it's not deserved. And I think that Todd operates in a system of a, because I don't, cheat on candy i'm a good husband which i don't believe i think that he is constantly trying to prove himself financially to her and he keeps starting all these businesses because he had to sign a prenup and i think that he just wants to make sure that he's okay because if they make any money in the marriage they have to split it so he wants to just keep racking up stuff and but she keeps having to deliver it and bring it to fruition because he starts stuff and doesn't finish it like who has an entire breakfast restaurant just add a brunch menu to the old lady gang. That's all you have to do. Extend the hours. It's not rocket science, but he wants to have an entirely, so you can have many properties in his name. And the way he treated his daughter on yep, television, and this it. daughter mm-hmm. is begging for literal, emo- she doesn't even seem like she's begging. She was shut down on the idea that he even being emotionally supportive of her. And I have a strained relationship with my father at an age around Kayla's. So I really empathize with that. And I know what that feels like of, you giving me money is not enough. It's not about that. It's about, she does not feel like he praises her. She said he doesn't give her any emotion unless he's angry and then doesn't talk to her in the same house and then didn't see her off when she's moving out of the state. Uh, what? Who does that? Yeah, I, he, I 100% agree with you. I don't 100%. think he's a good he's a good man. I think he just thinks that as long as he doesn't abandon these people financially, he's good. Like Candy said on their they have like a little talk show together on YouTube and she said that when the new baby came home, um he went to the strip club. Yeah. The first mm-hmm. week the baby was home. You have a newborn, a newborn who has to get accustomed to an entire family and life and mother that did not have him. And babies send stuff, no stuff. They are that's a very critical age. That first week, and you're gonna leave your wife? <laughs> I just, I can't. I just, with they, what they have, like what a four or five year old? Like Ace is like four. I think it was three during filming, so probably four now. So you're gonna leave a woman with a three year old and an infant? Okay. Yeah, he. Oh. He's frustrating. I, but I am very excited to see Mike Hill. I think he is a good dude, and it is nice to see a good dude on this show. Because I like him character-wise. I do think he's cheap, but I, <laughs> I like him whatever. as whatever. I think he's, I mean, a, fine. he's sure. a. I loved seeing his daughters and Cynthia's daughter get together. He called them his daughters. He I love all that. of it. His daughter. I. It's it was very sweet. I think he's a really good guy. I think after seeing so many jerks on the show with Mark and it's with like Dennis, who <laughs> openly admitted to cheating on his wife because, because of her postpartum depression, right? Um, and also said that pregnancy sex just wasn't good enough for him. Yeah, he said it changed, and I was like, "Oh no, shit!" But also, you're an awful person. I just, you know, it's all about you and him and his needs and what he wants and his desires. And that is disgusting. That is not someone who is ready to be in a marriage. That is not a man who is ready to be a father. And he took the ring back like an actual asshole. Yeah. Who asks for the ring back when you cheat? That is not how that works. I I get to take it and make a necklace out of it. You don't (laughs) get it. (laughs) I want better for Portia, but we're not going to get better for Portia. No, we're not. I need them all to want better for themselves. Her and Kenya both need to kind of wise up. And I like this um, 
collaboration of Portia and Monique hanging out with their husbands. I hope that Dennis learns a thing or two from Chris. And I hope that Monique tells Portia a couple of things like your man needs to be treating you like this one, not like what you got. And I think I hope she gets it because I like that as a friendship. I would love to see Portia and Monique take on the world. Yeah, that's a it's a good match. It's a very good match. And one I didn't know that I needed. And I it's a trip that I would love to have seen, but I'm also really excited, like you said, to see them go through Carnival. I loved their dance class. I thought Eva and her ice chips on that ball was hilarious. That's so funny. I loved her saying that she needs to do a little less winding and grinding because that's what got her in this position. <laughs> that was hilarious. And she's just like moving around on the ball. I, was, I she's loved it. It's a good sport to kind of, it's really hot. <laughs> you know, it's like the middle of the summer and she is even fly at very, eight months pregnant. Yeah. Super pregnant, super uncomfortable, you know, kind of swollen. She's doing a great job. Yeah, she's gorgeous, too. She's a gorgeous pregnant woman. Um, Let's get into Jersey, because there is a lot to cover this week. So before we get into what happened at the shopping event, there are kind of two things I wanted to go over with you. One is Teresa doing the prom dress shopping with Gia, and the other is Jennifer's Easter celebration. Which should we get into first? Well, we can do Easter, because I only have literally one thing to say on that and that is these kids are the future and the best thing jennifer has ever accomplished is her children gabby that girl is, is going places brilliant she's emotionally literally gabby so president. smart i would like her to be my president and i would be cool with jolie being vice president yes, over in oc they are the definition of crazy moms sound daughters they are they got it together okay <laughs> like level-headed Jolie knows how to handle bullies, so she would be fine. Gabby literally is like, I don't understand why we're not, where we're acting like this is some big problem that Uncle right. whatever is And back. I love that this she not brought the church into it. So she's talking to her grandma, and she says, you know, the priests today were talking about the importance of loving everyone, but I heard that priests don't love gay people, and like, aren't gay people everyone and also what about my uncle steve who's gay and <laughs> i mean just totally and coming out from girl. a place of religion and and coming from the church which you know is very important to jennifer's family and so the grandmother was like i didn't know that um totally was like i'm totally bringing it like, up one day yeah you know your son steve is gay you knew and, that mom. <laughs> yeah, you knew that mom. And I love Jennifer's style of parenting where she's like, you know, I try and address things head on and be honest. I'm not going to try and lie to keep up appearances. I don't like know how I was do. raised. I don't want it to be like that for my for my kids. So I thought that was a beautiful moment. And then speaking of daughters, Gia's going prom dress shopping. And while she's doing that, her father, Joe, calls from ISK facility and is yelling at Teresa for spending his money, which she used to do. But once he ended up in jail, she made all of her own money and she paid off all of his debts. And now and their restitutions were high. Yeah. It was like in the upper 900s. Like it's a lot. Bro, so calm down. She's got this. 
And for Gia to take the father's side and be like, we have to support him because he's in ICE custody and, you know, he can kind of speak to you however you want, however he wants. That to me was Gia listening to her mother's lessons from 10 years ago, how her mom allowed her to her mom. Teresa let Joe treat her like crap. The kids witnessed it. And now they're older. Joe's treating her like crap and they think it's okay. Because Teresa has used to be okay. Exactly. Teresa's finally like, yeah, no, I'm not going to deal with that. I'm in prison. Everything changes if I have to do time for you. Like, (laughs) you're lucky I didn't file for divorce in prison because I'm not going to jail for anybody. Oh, I, he's such a a jerk. And I will never, ever understand how all these housewives on Jersey, with the exception of Marge and Jackie, are supporting Trump when the ICE custody situation is a direct result of his you know, presidency, not that ice didn't exist before, not that it was, you know, not bad before it was, but look at this current immigration system. And it's, 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 it's actual like bullshit. And it's so sad to see because oftentimes they'll do like a, yes, I know you're mad at this, but what about that? Which is a very interesting approach to anything as if humans can't be mad at something concurrently with something else. And I'm like, it's not hard to kind of also be mad at both, but I've even seen Gia say things like these illegal criminals and stuff like that. Like she thinks her father is exempt when, and I, I, I get that so many of them think that they're being, it's, it's so sad because people just don't know how these things work. And I, I've talked about on my um, show how I was, I've worked in law firms and I've been a legal intern for many, many years, especially for criminal defense. And um, what that looks like when you, are, I've gone to traffic court and had someone come in to traffic court and be uh, in the States, um, without papers, I don't like to call anyone illegal cause there's no such thing as being an illegal human. Um, and be in the States without papers and permission and get deported and have to go to de- deportation court for a, a traffic citation traffic. Yeah. So it's- the idea that Joe is getting special treatment because he's a celebrity or he's going to be um, made an example of because he's a celebrity is actual bullshit. And he's only gotten four plus appeals because, because he's, a celebrity. he's a celebrity. Yeah. He broke the law years ago. He served time years ago and he did like an actual like def- a, 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 a class A felony of mail fraud, using his brother's license. And he went to jail. Usually how that works is if you go to jail, you go away. Like, yep. Exactly. Like three laws this time. And they're just now putting him in prison and just now coming up with a decision on whether or not he's going to be deported. And they still haven't come up with one yet. He got four appeals. This never would happen to anyone else. That situation is very frustrating to witness. It's sad to see the family torn apart. and But it's more frustrating to me to watch them not understand like What's why happening it's here. happening and that this is happening to other people. And isn't it a travesty when it happens when it's not just you. And he was so apologetic for Trump on Watch What Happens Live when he was like, I didn't want to bother him. I'm like, if I was in prison and I had a connection to the president, I'd bother. Well, I think it actually was in their, um, what is it called? Their legal documents that they sign when they're on The Apprentice. 
that you oh. can't like ask for favors and things like that. And so I wonder if it had something to do with that paperwork. And but I appreciate it. Like it's so interesting because Teresa just doesn't get it, but um, Nene does because you know Andy asked her back in 2016, uh, "You were on The Apprentice. Are you going to be voting for Trump?" She was like, "I knew a different Trump, so we're not on this. We're not on this wagon." And I was like. <laughs> how can you not love this woman? Like, I just love her. <laughs> so like funny. Teresa was like, no, I love him and I'm loyal. Like I'm going to vote for him. I'm like, you just also got out of prison. You don't even know what he is. Like, I mean, not vote. saying whether you or not you vote. Exactly. But like no, whether or not you were a fan of his politics, I was like, do you know what they are? She's like so you just crazy. got here. Like you can't possibly, but I also am a child of a divorced home. So I know Gia, I don't think she was just taking her dad's side. I think she was afraid that he would get so mad at Teresa that he wouldn't call. I've been in that where I've blamed yeah. the parent that I knew was right because I thought they were the cause of me having the, the losing the other parent. Like, I don't want you to make this the reason why I don't get to talk to him because you're making him mad. Stop pissing him off. He's in ice. He's going crazy. He's not going to call me if you do this. So I get where she's coming from and just that she was wrong and that man was awful to her. And Teresa... Teresa is a direct display of her brother's um, philosophies. And her father. I mean, th this yeah. didn't come out of nowhere. I've you never know? liked how Joe Gorga treats Melissa. I like. I think he's a charming misogynist. That's what someone told me on Instagram. I, like, I, I agree with that. He's charming and he's sweet because he does love his wife. But his way, the way he thinks, the way he went on about the daughter learning about sex ed at 13, and a reasonable age, because that's an age that you could get pregnant. It is a possibility. So him being like, what happened to math and science? I was like, Joe, that's periods one and two. And sex ed is fourth period. And then we have fifth period geography. And then we go home. I love like, that Melissa's like, well, I signed the paperwork saying that she could find out where babies yeah, came from. I'm the so. mom. And I think in his mind, he's like, well, she's the mom. She takes care of these things. And I'm like, but your way of thinking is why Teresa's in this mess. Like yeah. they, they thought the same thing. And look it's at where Teresa's it got us. Nowhere. It's no, it got us nowhere. It got us broken in jail. So, well, speaking of broken in jail. Um, I wonder if anyone's going to end up in jail after what happened at that shopping incident. I would love for Stephen Dan to press charges. Stephen Dan. So they're at a Stephen Dan shopping event. And Teresa and Danielle are hanging out kind of on one side of the room. And then everyone else kind of led by Marge is elsewhere. We find out a few things. One is that when all of the husbands were together playing poker when the ladies were in Jamaica. This shocked me. <laughs> this was shocking. Uh, Danielle's sex tape was played. Uh I don't know if I don't know much about the sex type. I don't know if it was an actual sex type. I don't know if she was in a porn film, but whatever it was, it's very not. Um, I, I don't think it's okay to show this and to watch this and to laugh at it and then to later on camera laugh again. I think it's a nasty thing to do. So I'll say that. Then Marge is um, Jackie mentioned she never her and her husband never have oral sex and then blames it on being Jewish. And as a Jew, I would I like was about to, to say, say she spoke very blanketly I was about like, Jewish girls. No, Jackie, you don't speak for Jewish girls. You can speak for yourself. Um, but what was so, so shocking was to see when. So I can see that Teresa 
was frustrated that all the girls were talking about Danielle and Danielle was only a few feet away. But to then go up to them, she kind of like allowed this to instigate. And Danielle was calling Margaret Troutmouth, which, by the way, that is not unique. That is definitely from Glee. It's like a 10-year-old joke. Um, And, you know, Teresa tells the ladies to stop talking about Danielle. And then Danielle has the audacity to say that Margaret broke up her marriage to Marty. And that is shocking because we all know what happened. There are legal documents. And then Marge is like, listen, you claimed that Marty abused you and your daughters. So one, if that's not true, why would you get back with him? Right? Mm, That's a very good point. And Teresa is operating in that same thing that I get so confused about of like, we can be mad at both concurrently. She would get at Melissa and be like, but why aren't you mad at Marge for doing this? And Melissa's like, no, you're right. That is also wrong. In addition, also, T-O-O, like, girl, Marge can be easily too caught up on Danielle yeah, and go after her too much. Sure. I mean, you have a whole full-time what is they hold like a pair or a garden? I don't know. Whatever they their full time status is, you have the whole full time status. Anything. Oh, well that that makes sense. Yeah. But also, <laughs> you have a full time status, but you don't need to be harping on a friend of who don't know really not many people like. So I don't understand the reasoning for it. But at the same time, she has a point. Who goes back to a man and stays in the house of a man and makes their daughters come visit at the home of a man that used to beat you and your kids? That makes zero sense. It's clear that that all of that, and I don't know if she used beating or if it was emotional abuse, but um, it's clear that it was a lie and that she lied in. She put it in the court papers. In court papers, which is what she did about Ashley, by the way. Like, and then she went up to uh, Marge, tells Marge that she, you know again, it kind of provokes her for her relationship with Joe, which started as her cheating on her husband. Uh, we all know this. And then tells Marge that she needs to get her titties done. Marge drops water on Danielle's head, who then takes the contents of Marge's purse, puts it in a flaming $600 candle, and then later grabs her ponytail and drags her. Yeah. I'm not a Danielle fan or hater i really don't care about her either way i think she's a lot i don't necessarily need to call for her being fired as quickly as i do tamra and vicky but like yeah she's a lot i get it but what i will say is if you pour champagne on my head waste good champagne and mess up my blowout i mean i might pull your ponytail it just it's gonna have to happen like is that an excuse for either woman's behavior? No, but it is a regional response and i'm like i'm not even gonna lie i i laughed out loud at um, Danielle pulling Marge's ponytail and walking. Like she literally dog walked her, as Cardi B would say. Because people used to ask what Cardi B meant when she tweeted a long time ago she would dog walk her. Yeah. Um, that, That hoe. And I was like, this is what it looks like. You pull a ponytail and Daniel kept walking like towards the door. Didn't pull her straight down. They didn't just yank it. They didn't like take her to the ground. She just pulled it and walked. And I was like, that is comical i'm sorry it's not right it's wrong i'm a flawed individual for liking what i like but (laughs) it's 
funny. She dog walked this grown ass woman. I think this is my take on it is that there's a lot more that we were not shown that makes Danielle look more in the wrong than Marge and that they had to cut a lot of that out to make it look like it was a fight as opposed to what it sounds like from production. Because Danielle was calm, right? Like, don't you remember that? She was fine at that point. I think she had apparently pushed, uh, pushed Margaret twice before Margaret dumped the water, but that wasn't shown. Uh, interesting, interesting. And she to, to try to burn this woman's clutch in a candle, right? Like it's a not a bonfire. Candle. It's not a real um, fireplace. It's a one wick candle. I looked it up. <laughs> so I was just like, you put a couple dollar bills in there that are soaked, so that won't work. And then the entire contents of the bag in a candle, it put it out immediately. Like, yeah. But also a $600 candle is what you said. And I'm like, what do we do with that? It's just going to what? Like smell like roses now? Uh, it- <laughs> So it'll be interesting to see next week kind of how this all unfolds and how if Teresa is still standing by Danielle, because we know in modern day they are not friends. But I think something happens at the finale is what I've heard where Teresa finally turns on Danielle. And I hear she gets like madder than than she was when she flipped the table. But they also interviewed her and asked her that somewhere around Gia's going off to Rucker's party. And so I don't really know what we have when it clicks for Teresa, but like like what her his her sister her her brother said, it takes a while to click with Teresa and land. So she'll get there. I mean, because she's grossly like blind to Danielle's bullshit because and I said it on my show, if you have to ask a woman to have your back, that's not your friend. They don't have your back. If you have to remind Teresa to have your back, it's she doesn't have it. Anyways, Dallas. Mm. This is depressing. Dallas was, to. at one point, one of my favorite franchises. It I brought feel, joy to my face. I feel joy to you. I feel like... Uh, an idiot because I stand so hard for Dallas. I was going on every show from here to Timbuktu saying why people need to watch, why we need to watch. I loved all the housewives objectively, which I did. I don't have, I don't regret that, but I feel like an idiot. Like I feel really betrayed. I feel personally victimized. I feel offended. I feel like they did this to me. Started barking out of nowhere. She agrees with me. She agrees with you. Well, this, of course, is all due to Leanne's uh, very clear and objective uh, racism against Carrie and calling her Mexican and a lot of nasty comments about being Mexican. Adjectives about it and, and then, impersonations of, of it, course, oddly enough. Everyone's a comedian these days. She can't seem to take any responsibility for her actions. She sends Steve, her wedding planner, to find dirt on everyone else. Uh, for their racism, which we know at this point, they're all 
a little bit racist. I mean, I do hate to stereotype an entire state because I did live there and I actually did enjoy my time in Dallas. But I mean, I enjoyed it for what it was. And I've had many a Texan text me or DM me and be like, girl, it's Texas. What did you expect? They were going to find a clean person. Yeah, There's always someone who has a family member. If it's not them, it's someone else. It's a brother, a cousin, an uncle. It's their husband. It's always something. So, I mean, it's the South. It's Texas. They are very much a Lone Star state for a reason. They like to do things their own way, beat to the beat of their own drum. I took Texas history. I know how they got to that place. They're, so there is so what's so interesting is like they all were so quick to call Leanne racist, but Brandy yet was they, the leader. They support policies that are racist. But whatever, that's a whole other issue. Yeah, so we then can be Steve, here the all wedding planner. Night. Steve but I mean, just to, just to, just oh. to elaborate, that is usually the MO that I hear as well, is that they can be a Trump supporter and not be racist. Not I all mean, Trump supporters are racist. I, I see know, it on Twitter daily. You're supporting racist policies. I just stopped fighting with them because, I mean, you can't teach right to me and to understand the truth about a lot of these things that is too much like right. And people just don't like right things, I guess. Brandy, again, the leader. She's apparently the one who we're led to believe. And I don't know if Bravo knew this, this was coming this leak that you are about to explain, but I think something they knew because they've done a lot of the trailer of Brandy is the only one that calls Leanna racist, like outright, and tried to tries to put her in a timeout chair. But she, maybe she should have given her daughter. I don't know. Right. Oh, God. So Brandy had there's I guess in 2017 had an Instagram live video where she's making herself for having squinty eyes, as Deandra called her, and uses an Asian American like accent as if she is Asian and makes nothing specific. It's so general. It's general. It's offensive. It is. And it's a stupid impression. Now. We've all changed what we think. In front of her daughters. I just really want to point that out. We've all, um, as a collective society, have changed what we think is funny over the last few decades. If this is why Eddie Murphy got away with his homophobic jokes in the past, why it was quote-unquote okay back then, but it isn't today. We've all learned how to be a bit more sensitive and that um, jokes that come at the expense of large communities uh, that are minorities are not... And are, are, it's cheap humor. It's... It, oh, Stassi. It's cheap humor. And... It means to me that you're not a clever jokester if you have to rely on those kind of tropes. It's kind of easy to do, too. I've it seen is. many a great stand-up comedian. I'm really into comedy specials on Netflix now. I've seen many do it. Many white women and white men do it without attacking anybody. Like, yeah. it's, it's And they're funny, like a downright hilarious. And... To be honest, it's if you watch almost any black female comedian, they don't really have any leg to come after anybody because they're usually the the, the brunt of a lot of um, societal jokes. So they have no reason from the bottom of the totem pole of society and in so many ways, they just funny by punching up because it's easy to do. So it's not like you have to do it's it anymore. Not funny. and we don't even wear like costumes anymore that are someone's culture and that's not being sensitive it's just like maybe someone's entire lifestyle is not 
a costume. Like, and maybe yeah. it's just not something you can throw on and take off. I mean, it was largely the reason why people had an issue with like the Kardashians doing their cornrows and over tanning their skin and all that stuff. It's like, you can't really make this something that you aren't. Like, we're not a caricature. You can't take us, put us on and then take us off because now you have a job that calls for something else. Like, right. that's an issue. And so we don't do these things where we impersonate the nail salon lady and call it, you know, the, the local nail salon lady. Because my nail salon lady is a lovely Hispanic woman that I would love to take with me on the road everywhere I go. So yeah, mine is anybody Turkish. can do it. <laughs> if they're good, they're good. There is no one way to be anything. And that's why I was saying she her the words that she said were something like, um, everyone always asks me what kind of Asian I am. Missing verbs. Like, and I was an English major in college. So I'm very words mean something to me and they're so deliberate and the missing of verbs. So we're talking broken English. We're going into an accent that I can't identify and she she can't even identify it because that's the point right she doesn't know which Asian to uh, to impersonate because she doesn't probably know enough about them to know the different kinds that there are but she's not doing this from a perspective of an actress who's learning about um different kinds of accents or any of that she's just being rude and in front of her kids and I'm studying to be a teacher an elementary school teacher also I've worked in schools I've done teaching I've done camps I would be, this would be a call home if, 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 if a kid fifth grader doing that right. in front of an Asian kid in my school or in general, but definitely in front of another kid whose parents might sound like what she might be trying to emulate, but isn't. If they did this, I'm calling home. And what am I going to say? They well, got it from you. What's interesting is if Brooklyn sees her making fun of people then clearly that's why Brooklyn thinks it's okay to make fun of her mom, Brandy. I mean, she's learning it from her mother, how to be a brat. And Brandy, what's so shocking to me is the fact that she's doubling down on this. She's not acknowledging that she did something wrong. And for me, that's not just like dumb, but it's also like a bad way to deal with PR. And she has a podcast and you think that she has publicists, wouldn't you listen to what they have to say before you quickly respond on Twitter or on Instagram? Like, take yeah. a deep breath. I know that you want to defend yourself, but hold on a second. And, and it's like, now I it's on you... NBC News. It is gone. Whoa. Yep, there was an NBC News Are story. Are you serious? Yes. Oh my God! Last night it, it's going mainstream, and I've it been so would deep not into Bravo. Have I haven't mainstream. watched the news in forever. And as we all know, NBC owns Bravo. So. Oh yeah, we know when Vicky um Sue, what was it, Jane Smith or oh, something? God, Sue, whatever her name was NBC yeah. Universal, and I loved when Andy brought that up. I did think that she needed more of the Leanne treatment because I think. Andy is so pissed at this reunion. Like he's annoyed that he even gets called into question for these things and that he has to address it. I think he thinks that these people are old enough and grown enough to know what's right and wrong, but that's just simply not true. So he's been giving Lee in the business at the reunion and I've been here for it. And I wasn't going to watch the reunion until Deandra told me, I can't remember if it was on my podcast or off mic um, that I should watch it and why and Carrie also reached out to me and said please watch it like please don't tell your followers not to watch it like please support at least me and I'm like I mean I'll do it so you can get the check but that's it like yeah and now I'm like after Brandy I'm just like throw the whole thing away 
Like, I can't, I don't even know where we go from here. And I've heard that Leanne and Brandy allegedly were the only ones that they had asked back and that they had done an actual live casting call that's going on right now for pretty much the rest of the cast. And what's interesting about that is they were the only two from Dallas that were at BravoCon. So that's why I had wondered if they were the only two that were asked back. But I'm going to read you a rap sheet of all of the things that Leanne lied about um, while (laughs) sitting in the hot seat at the reunion. Now, not everything, but these are some of the top ones. So uh, Andy talks to Leanne about why she didn't serve food at her wedding. She lied and said that there was food. There was not food food. There was like a tray of uh, like charcuterie board and some cupcakes. Yes, then she Cameron blames, let us know. She, sprinkles cupcakes. <laughs> I saw sprinkles cupcakes. She blamed production, saying that they needed a break. Andy and said that eat, was a lie. But also to eat what? Because there was no food. Um, we also find out that she hasn't spoken to her mom since the wedding, and everyone said they felt uncomfortable with how Leanne treated her mom. Um, Leanne lied about the post office losing 30% of the mail. That is not accurate. Uh, They've always gotten mine. She, I know, Leanne said that Deandra wasn't invited because Rich was hurt by her claims that he cheated. Also not true. We have him on camera saying that if he was able to forgive her, that Leanne should be able to give Deandra as well. Um, Everyone was disgusted with how Rich spoke about other women at the wedding. Uh, You know, Leanne made a lot of excuses for Rich's behavior. Um, And Brandy says that Rich made her feel uncomfortable before. Uh, And who did she blame? She blamed Travis. She said Travis made him do it. Hashtag. Well, well, who did she blame with that thing about um, who would you bang, Brandy or Stephanie? That's Yes. Apparently, she said Jeremy Locke said that he asked Rich if he would rather have sex with Brandy or Stephanie. And apparently, Rich said both. Deandra said it was a bold-faced lie, and Andy agreed because if it happened, they would have tape of it. That would that was him. No, not even just tape of it. He said we would have used it, and I love Andy admitting how shady they are. Yeah, he like, said if we had that on my, we'd use it. Like, didn't isn't this the same um, network that used Luann's actual fiance? talking shit about her yes. and her actual friend who ended up becoming a housewife the next year, uh, like talking about how badly this was not going to work out. And t- like, didn't they use all of this information days yes. before their wedding? Like yes. Bravo is not above it. So Bravo is not above it. Then this is my favorite lie. She lies to Andy. That's what gets me yes. like, who she does lies that? to herself and she's compulsive in it. So she says, and this is my favorite one, that the cheating allegations against Rich cost him a six-figure government contracting job because if you, quote, and I quote, if you cheat on your wife, you'll cheat on your country. Huh. Deander says, uh, who has worked in government, that lots of people in D.C. have cheating scandals in their jobs. Our president Um, does. And then Leanne dismisses Jeremy's military service as he was just a photographer. And Andy told her, he was like, yeah, but he was a photographer for the military. It's a little different, honey. He's not your run-of-the-mill Instagram guy who buys a great Nikon. He's employed and served and went to war country. Like, he was there, too. That's how they got the shots. Like... (laughs) I was just so offended by all these lies. I was so... I, I mean, to me, I wasn't... I probably should have been offended because my half of my family is military and veterans, but like I wasn't because it was so 
stupid innocence of like, there's no way you can denounce that. Everyone knows that like, for instance, if you're a doctor in the military, you are not on the front lines fighting, but you are treating the soldiers. You're still in the military. Like Dr. Contessa on Married to Medicine is a ex-military. The military paid for her medical school and she went to a fantastic university that got her into medical school. She's still a vet because she was there and she served. But even if you're not there, when you're in it, you're in it. Like you're in it. Like the whole it's, thing it's not is like a we can volunteer to be military. Like he's not a volunteer photographer. He was a war journalist. And he's a decorated one. Yeah, I saw he's all those things. He's a lot of awards <laughs> for his you know, for his photography and for his service. He's so. really, really, and he still like does major political photography. Deandra said on my show that the Amber, I think her name is Greiger case, where the woman um, was accused of shooting the the man that the black man that came into her. She oh, she went into his door his apartment mm-hmm. thinking it was hers and she oh, like the, you know the Dallas police yeah officer. the Dallas one so yes. he was a photographer for that case yeah I mean I'm just offended that either Leanne is such a compulsive liar that she believes her own lies which is one thing and I think that's possible but also that then she assumes we all need to go along with it and Deandra said that she knew the real reason over that Rick lost that job and she was prepared to talk about it. But I think it, it kind of just went into instead, like he, I'm not going to s- defend my husband's, you know, war history and decorated military service that he did for this country. Um, photography is important. We literally need the footage. It's a part of the, the open and honesty things in our constitution that the Americans have a right to know what's going on since our tax dollars pay for wars and things. So it's a part of that, and I would never discredit anyone's military service. It's a it's a, a huge sacrifice to even join. So thank you, Jeremy, for that. And but even Andy was like, I'm going to call you out on your bullshit now because that's not what's happening here. And also, Deandra was a lobbyist, and my mom works in the government. There are plenty of scandals. I don't every think she day. was a lobbyist. I think she worked for the EPA. Oh yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Not a lobbyist. Or Department um, of Energy. Department of Energy. Yeah, and she worked in the, the the Bush administration, so she worked really closely with a lot of politicians. And my mom works in the federal government. There are scandals, and she works in HR. My mom works in human resources. Her she job is to deal with these things. <laughs> Their job is to cover it up and figure out a way to get around that. Because one thing most people don't know is that you typically don't get, I don't know how it works necessarily with contract specifically, but in the government, they typically do not fire you unless you break the law. They will transfer you around. They will move you around like a chess piece on a board, but you don't get fired for cheating on your wife. That doesn't happen. Like, especially the fact that. She wasn't his wife when that was accused. That so that that's another the government lie. Would care even so less. many lies. They would the care lies, even less. The lies, the lies. The lies, the lies. Oh, we should definitely when we promote this, I, I'm going oh, to use Candy's gift. It is I have to. so it's such a good gift, but it's so I couldn't get over how many lies Leanne had said. So then we get into sort of the brandy versus Cameron and and Cameron using the term trash. She says that Stephanie used the word trash earlier that day when they were peeing behind a horse trailer in Mexico and the word was implanted in her brain. So it is Stephanie's fault that Cameron used the word trash. <laughs> that is the best and reach I've ever That heard. is a reach and I am here for that reach. 
Uh, Cam did apologize. Um, and then Stephanie versus Cameron, which I don't even want to go into that fight. It is so annoying. Yeah, but now they it's just need into to get over Cameron each other. Travis and a country club war. That's and so Dallas stupid. has such ridiculous problems sometimes. Maybe not to say, but at least that show. And I am just like, ugh, I'm just, I'm almost over it because I even know that no real high, you know, class, highbrow family of Dallas is doing this show. Like, it's the reason why we went from season one where it wasn't going to be a housewife show that we've heard. Um, and they had people like Heidi Dillon and a lot of other charity families on it. And as soon as it became full-time housewife, there was Highland Park went crickets. They, I've lived in Dallas. I know the reason that most of them do not live in Highland Park or aren't, like in the biggest of nicest neighborhoods over there is because they would be, they would literally rather shoot themselves in the foot with their own shotgun than be on the show. And now we're just kind of seeing that low browish nature, but I do agree that using trash is, I don't consider it to be like so offensive that it's a slur because if we have to debate, the whole cast has to be debated on whether or not Leanne is racist for using, you know, Mexican as a derogatory insult because intent matters more than the words you use to me. But if we have to debate that, but we're not going to debate the trash, whether it, that is indefinitely an insult, I'm already annoyed. The but when Vicky, is, yeah. it's so annoying. But when Vicky used trashy to describe Bronwyn and her behavior of kissing women and even being attracted to Tamara, because I actually believe Bronwyn was physically very attracted to Tamara and like developed a crush on her. I think she actually liked her, which is why I thought that Tamara egged her on. Like I've always been annoyed by that because I think that she knew that Bronwyn liked her and exploited that attention, but she used it. She, Vicky called it trashy and that made me upset. So I kind of understood it. I saw it in a different no, perspective. No, I think it's a, a crappy use, a, a cra- a, not a, very articulate word to use, especially knowing that it hurts Brandy. And I think that we all need yeah. to be more it's careful with our language. People just because they were raised differently than you. Yeah. Because to say yours is the only way. Then we get into the Mexico trip, um, which I think will be discussed in a lot more detail. And also the Thailand trip, I'm sure, in, in the next segment. But they were all kind of upset that Leanne made a flippant comment about suicide. Um, I am she, also still very upset I'm about very that. Upset that about was that where I got well. off with them. I said we needed a trigger warning, and I don't need trigger warnings. I'm I'm in therapy. They I'm perfectly capable have, of working this out. But that was not okay. They I did just have like, at the end of both of those episodes. That episode, and then also of oh, they the, did it at the end. Mm-hmm, I didn't watch that part. My had, DVR cut it off. The end had a like suicide hotline. Um, number. I just don't understand why they didn't put her in something. Like, I don't understand why production did not send her home. If she was truly in a suicidal she place... She wasn't. That's the whole point. But that's, that ever... that's even worse to me. Because that, I feel like, why yes. did I need to hear that? And I've, I agreed with Stephanie. I have a very, very dark history with dark thoughts. And as, especially being an only child of divorce and having a lot of things taken from me at really weird, you know, areas of my life in very impressionable years like teenage years and early early 20s in college I also got nauseous the next day and I was very shocked that I had the exact same experience as Stephanie because she said the next day she went to throw up the next morning after I watched that I did throw up I was so disgruntled by that like why would you say that and make it so flippant who says that who tells someone that you're going to kill themselves in their home and she but so that was the whole point so Andy was like 
I mean, were you suicidal? This is three months before before your wedding. And she said, yes, I was. And I was hoping Stephanie would have picked up on it. But I, the way that she said it, I think she's just trying to cover for herself. She made a flippant comment about suicide. She thinks she can make flippant comments about whatever she wants. To shut it down, to shut down the conversation. conversation. And because she's committed suicide in the past so she thinks it's okay to make those kinds of comments that she owns it you know that kind of a thing and then I was so glad to hear Deandra speak up and she talked about you know finding her father had shot himself in the head having to clean up his brains and his blood and then and identify the him call her mom identify him at the morgue and she was like she'd appreciate if people didn't discuss suicide so casually and Leanne said well you've never told me that before and I'm thinking oh my gosh she talked about it though you were best friends for how many years and also you shouldn't have to paint a picture of exactly what suicide looks like to know that her father committed suicide and you shouldn't just make these casual comments about it but yeah. here's the here's the hypocrisy and the 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 juxtaposition because didn't last season at Carrie Duber's um little like her clinic opening up party um Leanne felt it was her place to tell Deandra that she was going down the same dark path as her father yep. and being an alcoholic yeah because she was like yeah but that's also not the father that like I knew and that's not what it's like no but let's not be confused I lost one father before I really even knew him and the next one like what are you kidding me like she's like he died of suicide so she told us this so I felt like if Leanne knew enough about her life to make that claim that Deandra's going to be an alcoholic because of her dad she obviously either knew the truth or was only using it to criticize Deandra at that point and not come from a place of love and support as a friend. So how can it be both? Because you can't say you didn't know anything about her dad's behavior then, but could use her dad's behavior in the past to criticize her. She knew about about her dad. She knew about her dad. She just didn't explain it in such a clear articulate But do we need to do a step-by-step how suicide works? That's the thing is that people, Deandra shouldn't have had to do that. And I think that's just not fair. It was not fair to Stephanie. It was not fair for Deandra. It was not fair. I think for the public to not even get that at the beginning of like, we're going to have to say some things that we just want to show you what happened. Like, that's it. We're just showing you what happened. Because I was just caught off guard. I didn't, I'm not a, one to be incredibly sensitive, but I was just like, wait, 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 whoa, what are we talking about? Like, how did we get here? How can you just... And to me, I don't know if I was more offended by her cavalierly talking about it and weaponizing her trauma or threatening it in this woman's home. Like, for some reason, that really got me because it was like not more than it was more than just impolite. It was like, you are you threatening this woman in a conversation with her that you could kill yourself in her home? If anything happens to you, she's liable. That that guilt, that psychological guilt of like, she told me in my home and I didn't do anything like I would not have been able to sleep with that. Like, I would have been so concerned. And I just don't understand why she wasn't on a plane the next thing, smoking the next day. Like, I would have fired her right then if not sent her to an actual rehabilitation center. If she was truly suicidal. And I hate the fact that we even have to have this conversation, Mandy. I really do. I hate that we even have to ask, was she? She said she was to Andy. She didn't seem it at the sh- I hate that we even have to question that because I know suicidal places don't look one way. They don't look black and white. And very well, it can be 
cavalier and mean and then you're hoping someone picks up on it if you just get a little dark enough without them committing you like but to put that on stephanie i just it was too much and i hate that we even had to go there i think beyond thailand this should have been writing on the wall that leanne is a liability she is a liability and We'll see. I don't know if any of them will be asked back. Maybe Dallas will be canceled. After. I think that, um, did you hear that OC that they're putting them all in the chopping block? I hope so. They all deserve to be. It's been reported by like three different outlets, like reputable ones now. At first it was Radar Online, so I was like, eh. Then I think people. they'll keep at least Kelly and Emily. I think Kelly was the one that they put up, that she hasn't gotten her contract back, but the last day for them to send it is the 6th, January 6th. So Monday... We will know some things, but I, they had in the pictures of people who had not received it back yet, although they had started going out and decisions. The deadline is the six, but they usually apparently know beforehand, like right after they get the reunion ratings, was Shannon, Tamara, Kelly, and Vicky. Were on the chopping block? Yeah, so those are the ones who have not received it yet, even though we are at deadline. Interesting. I would love to see Shannon without the Trace Amigas. I would like to see Shannon without and a friend of. I think that she, we don't need full-time Shannon. I think I would be okay with friend of Shannon. And I've given my ideal cast before, but I will say it again. I would love to see Emily because she is friends with both Gretchen and Alexis and Lizzie Rosvek. I would like to see all three of them come back. Um, They have so many different faces and I would like to see all those faces. And... I would like to see Bronwyn. Uh, Shannon can be a friend of Kelly Dodd is on there and possibly Heather because I love Heather. I just know she would never do it again. Yeah, I actually I'm not a fan of Heather. <gasps> really? I've always well, wanted to meet one, but I guess she is one of those. I think people she's that very is, fake. Everything yeah, she's that happened. one of those people that is very um. She's like Perrier or Lafroy. Well, <laughs> well, everything that happened with her um, was it? It's not her nanny, is it? Her nanny. Uh, yeah, her assistant. Her assistant. And letting her go after her assistant uh, was on, while she was on maternity leave, was very, I just don't trust her. I was split in the middle of that because I feel like that girl said some things that I don't believe. And then Heather said some things that I think have truth in them. But I think even she doesn't see the correlation of the timing, even if she's right. And I believe, Heather, I just think that she was like, the facts will support me. And I'm like, okay, but it's also not just the fact. It's the timing, sweetie. Like, you couldn't have had this conversation two weeks later. Like, that kind of thing where she just thinks that it's okay to be wrong even if, like, if I did it the right way. But I think that Natalie also wanted something different. Like, I do think that she wanted something for nothing and that this went on a little bit longer than an Instagram post could tell us because I think they cap you at that. So... I think there's two sides to every story, but I always just wanted to see the hexagonal ice cubes come out of the fridge in her new house. I've never seen anyone shop for ice cubes in my life. So (laughs) (laughs) I was very intrigued by it. I mean, I just feel like Heather's taught me so much. She's taught me not to eat bows off of cakes, that it's incredibly rude. Didn't know that. Didn't learn that in charm school. Um, She taught me the difference between champagne and champagne wah, and that sparkling wine is a thing and then if it's not made in champagne france it's not champagne and i just i like learning from heather i didn't know that you can have different kinds of ice she was shopping for ice cube makers and i was like you can have circle ice 
hexagonal? Well, you know, for like fancy cocktails. (laughs) I love that. I love it. And now it's like um, one of those big fridge companies is like making one now. So you can make like the really round ice for like one big ice cube and a scotch. And I'm like, Heather brought us here. This is where her (laughs) legacy lives. (laughs) Well, Monty, thank you so much for being on the show. I love getting all of your thoughts. Over talking everything and talking too much and going to rants. No, this is a ton of fun. I was really happy to hear your thoughts on kind of everything that we've gone through this week, but also in 2019. And what are you looking forward to most in 2020? So in 2020, I've been saying it like that now because I was watching one of those like house those countdowns for New Year's and they did a look back at all the different times Barbara Walters yes, introduced her show twenty twenty. And she kept saying it this is twenty twenty. And I was like, wow, the T's are really in there, huh? <laughs> like I've always just said twenty, but um I also know I speak very differently with my consonants simply because I'm from the DMV area my whole life. So I did not know that was a thing that we did, but apparently it is. So I don't know where the other tea came from, but now I'm going to start saying in 2020, I am looking forward to if Dallas is this disappointing in a lot of their decorum and they're feeding into some stereotypes that I would in generalizations that I hated to make about Dallas. I would love to see where Salt Lake City takes us. I am so confused by the choice, but I am thrown into it. I've done three different deep dives into the Mormon lifestyle. Um, I don't understand any of that shit. The words are beyond me and I am here for it. I'm one of those people who enjoys learning about different religions, cults, groups, I don't know why. And I don't know why I think Bravo's the one to do it right, but I just think they are. The fact that they have one of them who is a Mormon and has a tequila company. And I was just like, what? You can't do that. I don't understand. So there's always different, different ways of being these type of things. And half of them are, and half of them aren't. And I'm just really excited to see what this looks like. I'm curious to see if they end up bringing in another city like they did with Dallas and Potomac. And they did them in the same year and spread them out. And I didn't know that they were going to do that. So I would hope it's Chicago. Um, I can't wait for... Um, Married to Medicine LA to come back. Um, I'm excited for us to eventually get Shaws of Sunset. I think they've done this show so dirty and they still have not given us a date, but just given us a trailer, which is stupid. Um, Vanderpump Rules comes back in a week. I cannot wait. I have snacks lined up and drinks. And yeah, I'm, <laughs> I am re- most excited for Vanderpump. I'm so excited. I'm revamping my podcast. I'm adding some segments to it that people voted for. And I'm one of the people who loves to listen to the people. And they wanted to know different shows that I'm watching and for me to basically say who I think an, an honorable mention is every week of someone who tries real hard on the shows, but just it doesn't land. So I'm excited to see where this takes me. I'm excited to have you come on. And yes. um, yeah, just so, doing a lot more of the same things people love and then some new things that I hope they like. And yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on. Where can everyone find you and your podcast? I am everywhere talking too much every other week uh, or every week (laughs) with other people. Um, So if you love this style of podcasting, nine times out of 10, I do it by myself so that people don't hate it too much and hate me talking over people too much. Um, But I am everywhere at mixing with Monty. Um, Any way you podcast, especially Apple, 
and Spotify, all the good girls over that. And on both Twitter, I'm new to that, and Instagram, where I'm not as new, um, at Mixing with Moni, M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I. And yeah, you can reach out. I respond to everyone and it's been a good time. It really has. And it's growing beyond where I can where I can manage it. But, you know, you come do some fun polls, some shady comments. I broke some news yesterday that people really enjoyed of the new um, video that Lala Kent and Shunez did. I was like a boss. (laughs) Jesus. Um, (laughs) Go over and check that out, if nothing else. So some memeable content, more about me. I review a lot of shows and stuff while watching them on my Instagram. So it, it can be a fun time over there. And I just thank you so much for having me, Mandy. I love, love, love your show. I listen a lot while I do my chores and it makes them so much more enjoyable. Aww, I was listening to you last night while I was making dinner. So yes, same girl. And we've met in real life, which is so nice. Yes. Going to um, Candace Dillard's husband's restaurant that he doesn't own. In Alexandria. <laughs> yeah, although he is what the what the second richest family in West Virginia or something like that. Which no one can fact check that because it doesn't exist. <laughs> As someone who has lived here my whole life, I have never heard of that man's family. And Me I neither. know these people's families. I've known a few of them before they even got on the show. So I know who the original cast was supposed to be, the original show before it became a house of Potomac. I know what they were supposed to do with this show. I knew all of that tea before it was even a, a real thought in Bravo's mind because they had to, they auditioned at one of my restaurants. So I don't know where Candace is getting half of this information, but it was certainly fun having drinks with you guys over overpriced barbecue. It was great. So good. And I can't wait for Potomac to be back. I am oh, ready. Bring it back so much sooner than April. I don't want April. I want it now. I know, but I'm, you know what? I am happy with Vanderpump and that will get me through a lot. It will get us through. It It will will. get us through. I'm so happy. The least part, uh, least fun parts of winter, which is usually after Christmas and New Year's. It just, and then especially after the Super Bowl, then there's really nothing to look forward to. Oh yeah. I mean, because everything is going to be ending. All the houses are going to be over by then too. (sighs) Well, thank you so much and have a wonderful week. Thank you, you too. Also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous walrus. The bulbous walrus. The name your price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous walrus. The bulbous walrus. The Name Your Price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.